on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champion. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me wanna shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They'll look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio, 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, what's happening, Mohawk Valley? Great to have you along for the ride today. If you are listening here on the radio, that's terrific. If you're listening on the ESPN app, that is fantastic. If you can take us uh, wherever you go, whatever you do on that app, it's right there on the ESPN app. You find the Listen tab. You find ESPN Syracuse, and then we're mobile, baby. We're going where you go, except the bathroom. That's kind of gross. Do you have Alexa? Well, tell Alexa to listen to ESPN Syracuse. All you have to do is search ESPN Syracuse on your Alexa app. Click Enable on the ESPN Syracuse skill, and then you can tell Alexa to listen to ESPN Syracuse. I mean, how lazy are you? All you got to do is say, play ESPN Syracuse. Boom shakalaka. That's my kind of audience right there, right? You got the clapper in the house. You got a voice recognition system to tell you to do everything. You probably got that robot that Rocky had in Rocky Four to bring you beer. And I'm, I'm saying I have nothing against any of these things. That's my kind of audience right there. That's fantastic. Here's how you get in touch with the program today. 437-7644. That's the phone number. Brent Axe Media. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. And the on-the-block text line, another great way to fire off some hot takes at us. That's hot. 288-0644. Mike McAllister will join us later in the program to not only discuss the 3-0 and Syracuse football orange, but to discuss recruiting both on the football and basketball fronts. There were some big visits on both football and basketball this weekend. How did they go? How did the Oranges win over Florida State in the... You know, it's the oldest joke in the book, but the whole there's no air conditioning in the Carrier Dome thing really came full circle, especially knowing that it's on the way. Maybe they can kind of speed up that process to get the old air conditioning flowing, though Dino Babers doesn't want to see that day come. What is that thing called, a thermostat? How come you can't have a thermostat in a dome? You're like, if you want it 66, put it on 66. If you want it 90, turn it to 90, you know? Uh, no, I think you guys are going to get air conditioning. I think it's going to be nice and cool in there. I'll probably go in there and shed some tears, but uh, I think we're giving up a fantastic home field advantage because I love the dome the way it is. Born in Hawaii, grew up in Southern California. I think it's perfect in there. It was an advantage against Florida State of all teams, so we will discuss that. 
Hot takes on the way. Speaking of hot things, it's Monday. We'll go on the blind side. Seth will have 10 questions. Hopefully, I'll have 10 answers to these questions. And off we go. But you know where we're going to start today. We're going to start with something that Dino Babers told his team in that passionate speech. And if you haven't heard it, why not listen to it one more time? The last time it happened, the last time it happened, the Beatles were hot. The last time it happened, the 66 Mustang was the baddest thing on the road. There it is right there. That is the key thing in another terrific, passionate speech from Dino Babers. Guys, we're going to have to update the Open again because, you know, we've got the clip from three years ago in there. That's old news at this point, not fake news. It's old news. Syracuse has put itself back on the map. But the funny thing about appearing on a map is you can disappear from it just as quickly because the last time Syracuse started 3-0 was in 2015. I remember, as many of you do, Scott Schaefer passionately fighting the podium, causing damage to said podium, saying we're 3-0, and emphatically 3-0. and Syracuse did not win another game the rest of that season, short of the Boston College game at the end of the year, and that was a win they barely got. And that was a season, and that was a situation with Mark Coyle's cup of coffee here, as the athletic director, that cost Scott Schaefer his job and brought in Dino Baber, who has since, as we know, beaten Virginia Tech, beaten Clemson, beaten Florida State, and now they are back on the map. For the first time since 2011, Syracuse received votes in the Associated Press Top 25. Now, we need to clarify that. It's actually a vote. See, and I vote in the poll. It was not my vote, by the way. It was the guy from the Honolulu Advisor or something like that. So God bless the the guys on the other side of the country like eight hours back recognizing Syracuse football. Noon is what in Hawaii time, by the way? My man was up early watching Syracuse football. You got to love it. He's probably an SU alum like so many others in the media. But see, there's a point system, which even as an AP voter, I fully don't know the point system. I wish I could explain it to you better. So they did not get two votes. They got a vote in the AP poll. But that's something. It's the first time since 2011 they have been in the famous others receiving votes category. I'm pretty tempted for the second time this season to come on this show and pull a Belichick and say, I'm on to Clemson because Connecticut will pose no challenge to the Syracuse football team Coming up Saturday, 4 o'clock, and what will be a much cooler carrier dome, by the way. High of 60 degrees in the long-range forecast, so good news there. It'll actually feel like there's air conditioning in the building. Connecticut, how can I put this, is awful. And I know they beat mighty Rhode Island in a shootout, 56, what was it, 56-49, doesn't matter. Connecticut, I saw a stat over the weekend, has given up 2,000 yards in three games and is on a short list of teams that has actually accomplished that. That team is god-awful. I mean, Wagner was one thing. That's just a disparity in the matchup. That's just FBS versus FCS. That's just better athletes and, you know, a team that you bring in for the automatic win. 
Connecticut, Syracuse and Connecticut have played some competitive football games in the past. Connecticut has beaten Syracuse in the past. Paul Pasqualoni, not too long ago, was roaming the sideline as the head coach of that team. Randy Edsel, another SU alum, they brought him back to try to revive that thing. And as of now, they are a hot mess. They are a grease fire with no baking soda in sight. Actually, I should save that for when we discuss the Buffalo Bills coming up. So forgive me if I reuse that reference. But Connecticut, and look, that's why you play the games and all the cliches that I am obligated to tell you here. But lo and behold, it would be a travesty if Syracuse lost that football game should they remember to show up on time on Saturday at 4 o'clock. So then you're 4-0 for the first time, I mentioned Paul Pasqualoni's name a moment ago, since 1991, that was his first year as head coach at Syracuse. So things are trending in that direction. I have to bring us down just a little bit here, okay, because this has to be acknowledged. Syracuse deserves full credit for not only the win but how they won, the pressure that they put on DeAndre Francois, the execution of Tommy DeVito and all the reps he got in spring ball, fall camp, Western Michigan, Wagner, seemed to pay off because of how comfortable he was facing Florida State, mind you, who, yes, as I'm about to get into here shortly, is just a disaster of a football team, but there's still a lot of athletes that can you know, get to Tommy DeVito pretty quickly, and they didn't. And he came in and executed poised, calm, ran for a touchdown, and continued the onslaught. Whereas against Western Michigan, he came in and Western Michigan got back in that football game because he was in it for the most part. So all that noted, we at least need to acknowledge here, I don't even know how to describe how bad Florida State is. That I just use the term grease fire. I think i got to bring it back. Wow, what the hell has happened to Florida State football? Not that we're complaining around here, but how does that program just capsize that way, given the recruiting that they have, the four- and five-star athletes there? It just goes to show you, as Dino Babers is proving before our very eyes, it's about more than talent. It's about having a plan. It's about cohesion and chemistry, knowing who's in charge, systems, belief, yeah, and there's a little football and talent mixed in there. You cannot win on talent alone. The end of the first half, when Willie Taggart looked like a buffoon, and you know he did not have a timeout. Some people thought he had a timeout, and he didn't. But how do you run that play in that situation? Like You almost feel bad. You almost want to enact the mercy rule. You almost want to go over to that side like, dude, you want us to do a running clock here? Because this is getting embarrassing. DeAndre Francois, I'm sure some of you have seen this, a couple times did this during the game, but there was one that got, you know, kind of spread around on Twitter. I, I retweeted it Saturday night. It's knocked on his tuchus once again and refused help from his offensive line to get up. The Florida State sideline arguing left, right, the the confusion, the Look of utter disdain. I mean, Willie Taggart just had this look on his face every single time they flashed to that sideline. I mean, he just wanted to go over and give the guy a hug. So Syracuse had to put on the pressure to do that. 
Syracuse had to execute because you don't just show up against that team and win that way. And by the way, for those of you that have been ultra critical of Brian Ward on this program, online, wherever, and by the way, my hand's up here because I've been one of them in the past. Credit where it's due because he put a plan together to put pressure on DeAndre Francois and Cam Akers, by the way, who torched Syracuse a year ago and did next to nothing in this game. 52 yards for Cam Akers. You will take that every time you play a team like Florida State. That was a plan of not only domination of execution, but it becomes psychological. Florida State just looked like a wrecked football team. And did you see how that game began on ESPN? And we mentioned the huge opportunity this was. You are coming off the heels of Lee Corso putting on the headgear out of college game day. John Wildhack on this show a week ago said, other than like that 8 o'clock primetime game on ABC, what everybody's watching, the noon slot on ESPN following game day is like the second most desired time slot for a program to be in, especially a program like Syracuse that could really use you know, the boost nationally. Molly McGrath, ESPN's reporter, leads the broadcast with these words from Eric Dungey, the quarterback of this football team. Quote, Syracuse is not just a basketball school anymore. We have a chip on our shoulder because no one expects us to win this game. Florida State doesn't respect us, and we expect to annihilate our opponent. There's a lot there in a paragraph. Syracuse is not just a basketball school anymore. I mean, the way that's worded, Eric Dungy is sending the message that Syracuse is getting back to where, well, when? Well, how about the late 1990s when Donovan McNabb, Donovan Darius, Rob Conrad, and others, who all happened to be back in the Dome on Saturday celebrating the 20th anniversary of that three-time Big East championship squad, where they were consistently in the poll, not a blip, not a vote here and there, consistently a top 25 football program. And they were not just a basketball school at that time. We have a chip on our shoulder because no one expects us to win this game. I hate to burst your bubble there, Eric. A lot of people expected you to win this game. I get why you say that. But every person on Syracuse.com, including yours truly, that picks football games, either picks Syracuse to win or cover, Syracuse was a huge favorite in the gambling community. I mean, huge. I follow all the, the odds maker sites and even like the barstool guys that do a gambling shows all week long. People were saying how Syracuse was just basically free money. People saw how Florida State struggled against Samford and got annihilated, to use that word, by Virginia Tech the week before. So this wasn't one of those nobody expects you to win. A lot of people expected you to win. We just needed to see it, to verify it, to, to know what our feelings were leading to, Right. The whole Florida State doesn't respect this thing. He's 100% right about that because you know they didn't. And we expect to annihilate our opponent, which you got to love because you know where this whole annihilation thing comes from? When Stephen A. Smith talked to the team before the season began. It's now time for How Long Can Brent Take a Take? Uh, no, no it's, it's really not. I, I, is this like voice command? Every time I say Stephen A. Smith, that just automatically turns on. I thank you for that. Yes. 
No, no. Actually, we're not doing how long can I take a take. Take but, that. Okay. Thank you, voicemail. We appreciate it. No, no, no. We're not doing that right now. But that, it's. We, can we turn off the voice command speed? Like It's like Alexa. I say Stephen A. Smith, and all of a sudden the... Uh, it's now time no. for how long can Brent no, take no, a take? No, no, it's not. It's, it's, actually, it's actually not. But thank you. Thank you, voicemail. We appreciate that. That annihilation thing comes from... I don't want to turn it on again. The the guy on ESPN, whom is often a frequent subject of how long can I take a take. They believe that, they expect that, and now they've got the opportunity to prove that their appearance back on the map is not a temporary one. In 2015, they started 3-0, finished 4-8, and and barely finished 4-8. and Now, Scott Schaefer... Same coach I referred to a moment ago. Once said that stats are for losers. And I'm just going to throw this out there. Stats are what they are. Trends and analytics and some of these ESPN things aren't necessarily gospel. But it is interesting that according to FPI, ESPN's kind of forecasting percentage thing that I'm not smart enough to explain to you, Syracuse is favored in five of its remaining eight games. The Wake Forest game is 48%, so just below the favor line. And as my good friend Anish Shroff from ESPN tweeted today, double-digit wins actually a reality? To which my response to him and my response to you now is, let's get weird. Because I feel pretty good in saying that this team is not going 4-8. That this team is not going to have the collapse that it has the last two years. Injuries will happen. Adversity will happen. They're not going to play this well every game. They just happen to get a couple of really good opportunities to execute this well early in the season. Wagner, never would have thought it was Florida State, but Florida State and now certainly UConn presents that. By the way, if you didn't hear Seth mention it in the update, I'm sure some of you saw at this point, but Syracuse is going to be right back in that prime noon slot. Now, not on ESPN, but ABC, little channel that some people get, right? against Clemson. So I'm pretty much on to Clemson, but I'm not feeling it as much I was on Florida State. But we'll have plenty of time to discuss that. 437-7644 is the phone number. You hop on board. Let's do this thing. It's a football Monday. We'll get into week two of the National Football League, which other than a dude quitting at halftime, (laughs) what team does he play for? Must suck to root for. What's that? Well, that was the Bills. That was... That happened in Buffalo. The bills make me wanna shout. Yeah, they sure do. <laughs> we'll go on the blind side. Hot takes. Mike McAllister coming up. Plenty more SU football. You're on the block. ESPN Radio. Back after this. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Onondaga Community College's Workforce Development Program is where you can learn the skills that local employers need in just two to eight months. More information at sunyocc.edu slash workforce. Do not call 867-5309 if you're looking to be a part of that. You might connect with Jenny, but you will not get the Onondaga County Community College Workforce Development Program. I'm sure Jenny will talk to you. I mean, she's a nice gal. You want to get the job skills you need that local employers are looking for. It's sunyocc.edu slash workforce. It is not 
this number. Now, don't call this number. That's for Jenny, for Onondaga Community College. You go sunyocc.edu. With that fancy open, let's hot take this thing, baby. Come on now. Where are you? There it is. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot and hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. (laughs) It's time for Hot Takes on the Block. From the always very fair and very, um, how can I put this? Everybody on Twitter is is so polite, right? It's just, here. here's what I think. Uh, what do you think of this kind, sir, right? From Twitter, A.B. needs to thank his lucky stars because he was drafted by a team that had Ben, and Ben got A.B. paid. You know darn well he wouldn't put up those numbers for other teams, to which Antonio Brown, the noted A.B., responded. Trade me. Let's find out. After Pittsburgh's loss to Kansas City, Antonio Brown left the locker room without speaking to the media. It's the first time Pittsburgh was winless in its first two weeks since 2013, his fourth season in the National Football League. He earlier in the season stood up for Le'Veon Bell, who's still holding out. Pittsburgh? Oh, boy. Now, yesterday, Paulie tweet or texts me, pardon me, and says, hey, it's 21-7. Is this what it's like to be a Bills fan? And my response to him was, when it's 47-7 and a dude quits on you at halftime, we can talk. But there is dissension in that locker room about Le'Veon Bell, Brown storming out without talking to the media. And by the way, the person who tweeted that at Antonio Brown, whom he responded to, used to work in public relations for the Steelers. I have long doubted Mike Tomlin. I feel that Mike Tomlin is one of the more overrated coaches in football. He's just been there for a long time, partially because the Steelers organization doesn't like to fire coaches. They try to ride it out as long as they can. And and by the way, as every Steeler fan in this town knows, and there's a lot of them, they've every reason to keep a lot of coaches around because usually the Steelers are one of the most successful franchises in the National Football League. It's only two weeks. Nobody's overreacting, but that defense looks bad. Bell's not there. Big Ben's not 100%. Antonio Brown storming out of locker rooms. This is not what teams that are cohesive do. One team that looks pretty put together, though their defense needs a little work, is the team that beat the Steelers on Saturday. It was pretty yawny, if that's even a word, week two in the NFL. Felt good about going to bed at halftime of Sunday night football last, actually, at the end of the third quarter. And I didn't miss a thing. I think Dallas and the Giants are both going to end up being pretty bad football teams. Poor Eli Manning running for his life out there. If only there was a quarterback the Giants could have taken with the second overall pick in the draft. Well, that's a whole different topic for a different day. Where'd that guy end up, by the way? Oh, he's in New York. And yes, I know Sam Darnold and the Jets did not look as triumphant this week as they did last, but that whole not drafting a quarterback thing for Saquon Barkley, which I kind of agreed with, but also said, man, there's a lot of quarterbacks in this draft. You can always get running backs. You can't always get prime quarterbacks that were available in this draft. But the other thing, to circle back to Kansas City and Pittsburgh before I get too off track, how about your boy Patrick Mahomes? Now somebody on the air and on Twitter before the season began predicted the Kansas City Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. 
That's double thumbs this guy. Hopefully, that's a prediction that comes through. One prediction that did not come through yesterday was my survivor pick. Yep. 0-2 on survivor pick payoff. What a glorious idea I had to say, you know what, we need to spice up football Friday, put something on the line, as opposed to, hey, look how smart I am or I am not, based on my football pick. So, week one, survivor pick, New Orleans, and Ryan Fitzpatrick happens. Week two, survivor pick, San Francisco minus six, they don't come through. So, Brent, tomorrow, and yes, I just referred to myself in the third person, has to eat a mallow cup. Now, some of you will say, Brent, ketchup on hot dogs is delicious. Brent, I love mallow cups. It's chocolate. It's marshmallow. It's one of my favorite Halloween candies. I always take it out of my kid's Halloween bag when they come back from trick-or-treating. To which I say, good for you. Mallow cups are a disgusting candy that should be barred from the face of this earth that I have to eat tomorrow. See, the hot dog ketchup thing I didn't mind that in the sense that it's just a principle thing. You don't put ketchup on a hot dog. You just don't do it. I didn't say it didn't taste okay. I hate mallow cups. I am gagging at the thought of having to eat. And isn't there two in a package? Now, I need to get a ruling on something here. As a former host right here on ESPN Radio Syracuse and good friend of ours, Steve Nykum, tweeted yesterday, Survivor pick doesn't use the point spread. Now, I'm aware of this. I said, you know what? I'll even, I'm so confident in my survivor picks that I will use the point spread. After two weeks, I'm starting to doubt this because I did pick San Francisco. They just didn't cover the six. And considering, like, we're weak, we're just when you think it can't get worse, like watching my bills, we're in week two. And I've had to eat a hot dog with ketchup, and tomorrow I will have to eat a mallow cup. Like, how much worse can this get? Like I was saying about the Bills earlier this hour, just when you think it can't get worse, it can and it will. So, because it's my show and it was my idea and my rule, I think I might pull the point spread thing and just go survivor pick because I got to win one of these things. I'm just going to bet against either the Bills or or the Arizona Cardinals for the rest of the year. Because you know how it works with survivor picks. You can't take the same team twice. So New Orleans is gone. San Francisco is gone, which I feel pretty good about. I'm not wasting my survivor pick yet on the teams you know will come through. Man. I was feeling good. I looked at that score. San Francisco was up like 17. I kind of drifted away. I was cooking, doing some things in the house yesterday with the red zone on in the background, and I hear, touchdown, Lions! And I look over, (laughs) no, no, no! So you know what, guys? I'm making an executive decision. No more point spreads on Survivor Pick! The X-Man has spoken. There goes that idea. I still will do the Survivor Pick payoff, but bye-bye, point spread. I feel better. We're talking more SU football coming up with Mike McAllister. Not only uh, what happened on the field, this was a pretty big recruiting weekend. A couple of big names visiting on both the football and basketball fronts. So we'll update you on how those visits went. 
where Syracuse stands in the recruiting world. Always good to check on that. We'll go on the blind side next hour, as we do every Monday. Much more on Syracuse's back-on-the-map win over Florida State. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. Hang in there. Thank you. Bye-bye.